Generation Burden, a series of conversations with immigrants and the children of immigrants. My name is Rich Tu and I'm your host. And this is the 28th episode of season four, dropping every Monday, or at least the 28th episode. And we're in season four, dropping every Monday. Today we're talking to Equa PM, the host of the Afrolit podcast, also a member of the Listening Party family, where this is recorded at the Canal Street Market here in New York City. We initially met at a party for listening party or a listening party party as i affectionately call it and i just loved her vibe and just want to get her on the podcast and chat it up we talk about her family's heritage in kenya and ghana and all the ways she highlights the african experience through her life and journey we get into some real immigrant parental stuff at the end i think that this will relate to some of you uh, maybe most of you, if not all of you. My dad just had his 80th birthday the other day, so it really uh, resonates with me right now. And my grandmother would have been 100 this weekend, so shout out to her energy in the cosmos somewhere. We also talk about how bad of a cook I am, so that's fun times ahead. Anyway, hope you enjoy. Here's a conversation with Equa PM. We can keep it a first gen thing and then. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll here. see. Yeah, we'll see, see how see this what goes totally. and like where we go down. I mean, what I love about your podcast is just like what it represents oh, in terms you. of just like highlighting like the immigrant experience yeah. and like you've talked to so many different types of people. Like, um, I believe uh, it was La from who like has worked with Nas and like, oh, yeah. yeah, like I went back. She's was, amazing. She that I didn't finish the episode. But just like all the gems, you know, yeah, she's, then, she's a Def Jam now uh, living out here. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Leslie Rosales. Leslie, yeah, Leslie. I love Leslie. Leslie. Yes. Equa. Equa yes. PM. Yes. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Also, Rich. if we want to throw some podcast love, Afro Lit. Hey. Uh, yo, well, hey, I love your melodious voice when you intro your podcast. <laughs> it's so, like, comforting. And I feel like I'm already, like, in a great, like, audio blanket. I'm just, like, kind of nestling in. I was listening to it a couple of days ago on the train. Yeah. Um, Thank you. And I, I love your... the the life of your podcast, the energy of your podcast. Thank and I love you. what you're bringing to the table and your guests. So thank th- thank you. you for joining us today. There's just so much love in this little box of just <laughs> entertainment, right? This little glass, this the fishbowl, exactly. as I call it. Oh, the fishbowl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Um, so the way that we start every episode of the podcast, mm-hmm. if you could uh, let our listeners know a little bit about who you are and where you're from, and then we'll just take it from there. Mm-hmm. So, hey, fam. Hey, first-gen fam. My name's Equa, as Rich has pronounced so well. I feel like that's the first bone of contention, like getting your name right. Absolutely. Um, but yes, I am a content creator and digital marketer here in this fine city of New York. But my side-side hustle is Afrolit, the podcast that represents and highlights the African metropolitan experience. And, you know, through just all of these conversations that I've had with people and friends, there was just a, or the reason why I actually started Afrolit was because I just noticed that there was a gap in how um, African stories are portrayed. And like, there's always kind of this cry out for like, you coming from a sense of poverty or like you, you know, you're walking in your family's footsteps and you're becoming the lawyer and the doctor or the nurse. (laughs) And like, I wanted to kind of traverse outside of that. And I realized,
realized that so many of my friends were kind of going through those same challenges and like not knowing who to talk to or who to really even like express themselves with. And so I wanted to bring this to an open platform and like have people listen in and like give each other advice and kind of create a conversation through that. Cause I yeah. just, at the end of the day, I just love connecting people, even in my like work nine to five per se, but yeah. also just through meeting people and like meeting you. And then even through this, I just learned that like more and more immigrants have like the same sort of experience. Yes. Like so many commonalities through exact, so many different types of people. Exactly, you know? And it's even in like the little minute things when it comes to like bargaining. Like my friends and I talk about that all the That's time. That's so true. Like we are never going to pay full, if we don't have to pay full price for something, <laughs> we're never going to pay full price oh for something. God. And yeah, that's I came just, from a family of hagglers for sure. Right? <laughs> So it's like if I don't haggle for something, I'm like, damn, I feel like I could have gotten it for less. Right. Like, I'm always trying to find uh, a connect. I was I always know. a connect kid. I Oh, yeah. Same. So like just through all of those things. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Nice. And I'm excited. You're also born in the UK. Yes. So, yes. I did a little research on you. Right. So I was born in England. Yes. And then moved to New York when I was baby yeah um but my family and my heritage is from kenya got it so it's are you also silly. Ghanaian? yes so my dad my dad is Ghanaian. so gotcha. it's like a mixture of like west and east in the house but right. then like me the new yorker or like wannabe new yorker <laughs> in heart and in spirit and then yeah having a little bit of the the queen's english so 21 savage story actually was oh, like was so, so close to home because i was like whoa trigger right now right because <laughs> it's like yeah like he you and you see him when you think of him you think of atlanta trap like yeah. sound but like queen's english yeah totally <laughs> you know what 21 i mean savage is british as hell <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Who could have guessed? Who like, knew? Yeah, nah, nah. So like these little, it's funny how now and especially is he back in the, in the UK, states now. I don't. I haven't kept I up with like that he's story. Kept so he's it's really lying low. I know that Jay Z. So like Rock Nation said that they were gonna handle it and like has brought his like legal team. So I think he's here to stay. I think everything's gonna be fine. Big guns. But right. But I think it just opened up like a larger question of like, you know, immigration, especially for like, you know, brown and black immigrants and right. like why that's not really like discussed when you think about immigration and yeah. when you think about like just, you know, getting a visa. And like that's something that I resonate with like my Asian friends and like my African friends. Like we're yeah. always talking about like waking up at 6 a.m. to like get have your relatives like get a oh, U.S. Yeah. visa and things oh, yeah. like that, you know, so. I work with a lot of uh, creatives right now that are you know, trying to get their O-1 visa sorted out. Literally. Or, like, even just, like, students that I was going to, you know, college with and, like, are, you know, younger than me. And, like, you know, now that they're done, they're like, okay, I have, like, one year to, like, make this happen because they're on the, um, o they're on OPT. Mm. And so now that's being, like, changed through this immigration so or through this administration. Mm. So it's just, like, all of these, like, minute stresses that we deal with that are just, like, kind of in our subconscious and we don't yeah. know who to address them with who to talk to because there's always that and i don't know if you have this in your culture too but there's kind of like this sense of superstition like okay no gotta keep it to myself yes. like can't can't let too many people in because this is gonna ruin like totally. the plan you know i would say with filipino culture there's a yeah. lot of similarities there where it's a bit of superstition a bit of conservative mindsets right. you know a, a conservative you know approach to things but yeah. also um 
um, an insular mentality of like, we're just going to keep it real private to a point of denial to be real. Yes. You know, where it's like, if there's some trauma that happens, especially within a tight family unit, no one fucking talk about it. (laughs) Never. Never. And like, don't bring it up unless like... Elephant in the room. Right. Right. Always an elephant in the room. Always, always. And it's, and it's funny. I like that you said that because it's like, I feel like we forget that each culture is like, you know, it's, it's specific to like where you're from and who you're and who you're surrounded with. Because I even have, you know, some African friends who, you know, being that they're from South Africa or being that they're from Nigeria, like the differences there are so like distinct, especially when it comes to like the respectability politics. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, so, uh, talk us through that. What's respectability politics? So it's the idea of just maintaining a certain like outlook and appearance of so when you're you know at home like you have to make sure that you say hello to everyone and you know like same thing for me yeah right oh my god whenever i go to a family party and my my memory isn't so great anymore and that um (laughs) i'm I'm not that old but like honestly i just forget stuff all the time my greatest fear is just always coming up to uh an auntie or an uncle i'm just like Shit! What is your name again? I know. So I'm, that's, I'm so grateful for just being. Uh, we call uh, titas and titos. Mm. I'm just like, oh, hey, tita, hi, tito. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's just straight up like I, I can just forget names. Oh, I love that. Yeah, same here. Same here. I mean, I just we just kind of have the overarching general like auntie, like hi, auntie, the, yes, you know, yes. or like, ooh, love your outfit, like you know, just like the complimenting and mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. Then there's also like, ah, oh, you've gotten so big, like you're so wrapped, ra- <laughs> like. All of these like minute jabs, but you kind of just have to take it because you can't say anything. Like you're not going (laughs) to disrespect auntie in front of like your entire family. So there's just a level of like, whereas I know for my friends in South Africa, Mm -hmm. like, you know, they or at least one of my friends was telling me that, you know, now it's like common culture for you to like be able to like be queer and like have that not be an issue at home. It's just like, don't bring it outside like don't like dis- show like public yeah. um showcases of affection you know like not too much pda and like that goes to sh- like that just goes that's, to show that's like, a dope development right yeah. you know and i just thought that that was so interesting how like respectability also plays into like the politics too because it's like you know now that they've i mean they've legalized like gay marriage and yeah. like it's open but it's like still because the home has kind of made sure like no you need to maintain this sort of look and appeal it's yeah. not going to be able to like be seen in the public sphere. So it was really, it was really interesting. Whereas like in Kenya, it's like super conservative. Like right. even just like married couples, like you'll rarely see them like holding hands like outside. Cause it's just like, you want to maintain this kind of like church. I don't know. Like we're right, like, 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 we're holy vessels. Right, yeah. That we're not going to, I don't know. I know. Yeah, we're like, not going to sell the temple in front of people or whatever. <laughs> right. And it's just so interesting because like at the same time, they'll be the first people the moment you turn 30 to be like, ah, so you're not married. Like, where's your, where's your, where's uh, your girlfriend? Where's your I, boyfriend? Uh, you know, like. I relate to this so much right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I So do. it's like, where's the fine line? And it's like, like sis and it's funny I call my mom sis sometimes and she's just like oh gosh but like <laughs> she's like I'm like sis like why are you pressuring me when it's like the rest of our family still has to deal with like right. their whole issues and their whole like problems so it's like don't rush me into this relationship thing like yeah. I'm good don't worry don't worry so, about me so then how do you sort out the uh 
the uh, the new mentality, or at least like this right. uh, this youthful mentality, especially within like a New York context where right. it's you know you, you have to care about yourself. Like, I know. Like, and that's just by virtue of of the world that we're currently living in, right? Completely. Yeah. So it's not always about the uh, the the adding more to the general population, <laughs> right? And, yeah. Like you, you know, know what I mean. I and no, creating I, your own family units. Not always about that. Completely. And I think. And the beauty is that my, you know, my family, I feel like is quite unique in the sense like yeah. there is that like, okay, when we're all together, there is that little pressure of like, okay, yeah, who's done what, sure. what's done, when what's happened to this and who's gotten their MBA and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then like when we're individually like having our own conversations. So no, I don't have an uh, MBA, but sure. anyways, we'll see, you know, things are happening Who in knows? my Who head. Knows? Who yeah. knows, right? But, um... Like the the funny thing is that individually when I speak to like my cousins or yeah. like, you know, just like pe- family friends who've like become a part of the family, like they're so open to, mm-hmm. you know what, like live your life, like do what you want. Yeah. Like, you know, we're living in times where so much is uncertain. Like you're in like I'm in New York and yeah. like, you know, when you think of like the larger scale of like America and like the policies, they're just like, you know, we're just so glad that you're safe. Right. And that you're okay and that you're you're checking in with us and at least doing that and like right. making sure that's a priority and not just like you know, I mean like anything can happen anywhere else, but like even specifically just me being here and like running this show and like having like, you know, only like a couple family members here and yes. everyone else being like like spread out across Africa. It's just it's nice to know that they individually have my support mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. they have my, like they're supporting me and like they know that like I'm on the right track. So That's it's good. like I think it's just for me, it's just maintaining this like, OK, at the end of the day, as long as I'm successful and like I can do what I love and like I'm not you know a drug dealer or something like that <laughs> you know they know that I'm I okay. guess that's a viable even, option you know and even still it's like okay CBD is becoming a thing so like right. let's learn about it but yeah they're they're open to just learning more and like seeing how the world is changing do you find that from an from an immigrant mindset right yeah because uh a lot of immigrant cultures tend to be conservative, right? Like we're talking about. Yes. And then when they come to the States, because it's there's an element of risk there. Right. So obviously you're not so conservative that you're <clears throat> that you're technically staying home. You right. took a massive leap, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> that when the next generation, you being one of them and I being one of them, when we don't necessarily have all the values of back home instilled in our DNA, do you think that that's a tough... That's got to be a tough thing for our parents to to work through, right? Completely. It's like, yeah, like when when they see that, oh, it's this truly is not home, obviously, yeah, but even less so. It's something th- different. Oh, completely. And I think for me, the biggest thing is just through language. Like I am, and I'm blessed to be fluent in um, Kiswahili. But oh, wow. like, how many when languages go, do you speak? So I speak um, English. I mean, I'm somewhat. I can understand French. I can't really speak, but. Mm-hmm. Swahili so like English Swahili and then French wow. so yeah but like proficient mostly in English if we're being honest sure oh yeah <laughs> you know what I mean um but yeah so but when I go back home because of having like an American accent right. and, and what like, is home for you technically so technically I consider New York home but because of just like culturally like you know the food and yeah. like the music and like just 
having just that direct sense through my family, I always feel like I and I lived in Nairobi for like three years. Got it. So not all together, but spread out when I was a kid. And then I moved back in 2016. So let, let's talk about that. Yeah. I, I would love to learn a little bit about what your track was in your upbringing from the UK to New York to Nairobi to all all of the other places. Yeah, I want to know. I'll break it down for you. So um, when I, so I moved like when I was, after I was born, moved here when I was three months, then like spent formative years here until I was about six. Mm. Then we moved to Kenya. So we moved back to Nairobi and I went to school there. So I was basically in like, pre-K, kindergarten, started a little bit of first grade. And this was in, uh, well, I'm not going to display my age. But anyways, (laughs) um, I'll just say in the late 90s, definitely before uh, 2001, um, moved back to New York Mm -hmm. and, you know, went through like grade school, middle school, all of that stayed here. Was there a culture shock at that point or was it more just like, oh, this is just different? I mean, that was when, because, you know, it just became cool, A, to be African, but also just like being like black and like not necessarily knowing like, okay, like why do like the white kids know more about Africa than like the black kids? Like it was just such a weird experience. (laughs) Yeah, because, okay, so when I came back, like being in grade school, like, and I would tell people like, oh yeah, like I'm from Kenya because I didn't, correlate with New York at all Mm -hmm. they'd be like oh yeah I've been on safari there and of course there was that like fetishism thing but it's like okay I could relate to you right exactly so all the rich kids kind of knew about like where I was from and like the African studies approach exactly exactly versus like the black kids and I guess there was just that level of like oh why is she getting to fit in with the rich kids more than me and I've been here for so long you know there was just kind of that level of competition which I can see now you know but like back then I was just like, why? Like we should all be friends. Like this is not, <laughs> this is not a problem. So this shouldn't be a problem. So uh, fast forward, you know, now in like high school and I was like grateful to go to an international school. Mm-hmm. So just a little bit further background. My mom works in foreign service. So she was, has been a diplomat and like, you know, worked with the United Ooh, Nations. Could she park anywhere? I wish. I know she didn't get that privilege oh, of everything. Man. It was just like, oh, we could go to like events at the UN, which is, I guess is like a big deal. <laughs> which is also pretty cool, right? I suppose. You know, I guess, you know, going to the General Assembly, like, you know. What about um, access to other nations? So, uh, what do you mean? Like, oh, that's to, like a, oh, to her traveling? Oh, yeah. yeah like, she you get had, like a, is your passport dope? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is your passport well, lit or like what's going on? I anything into the U.S. And they, they're not supposed to check my bag. But, you know, I Oh, why? That. What does that mean? So basically because we are like friends and diplomats to the U.S. Or I was when I was growing up. Like I could technically bring in like. So what my mom wanted me to do is just always bring back food from Kenya. So it's like <laughs> sausages. Things that you're supposed to declare and yeah. like all that stuff. They would be stuffed in my bag because they technically are allowed to check it but they never do because it would just be like a, f- a whole ton of paperwork got it for them can of worms exactly so you could bring back we, a can of worms i could i literally could i could bring back soil all the things that you're not supposed to do <laughs> you could bring back uh, small animals I could bring back like, cigars you know oh, i could wow. bring back yeah it could get a little tricky you know but guys don't repeat this yeah between right <laughs> Stays between first gen. Um, So, yeah. So, um, yeah. In high school, I'm in an international school. And the beauty about that was that, like, I was able now to, like, just meet other, like, 
diplomat kids who are kind of in the same boat. Yeah. But then, of course, like we still like because high school is high school. Like there's going to be like the cool kids like because they didn't allow you to wear uniform. So like now it was just like competition on like fits. And I feel like that just sounds like school. Right. And like sneaker culture became like a huge thing was trying to always get babe and like compete with like Japanese kids. And it was just never going to happen. Oh, that sounds horrifying. Yes. 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 Now that I'm thinking about that, because everyone's rich. Everyone is rich. Not that I'm putting that stigma on. No, no, no. I know. But it's just like, yeah. So we all had to like, it was like a thing. I remember uh, I I went to an all boys high school Mm -hmm. and I was always a sneakerhead back in the day. And I I spent some time working at Nike too, you know, so like back, you know, at at the source Mm -hmm. um, at the Mecca. Right. And in high school, we wore dark blue sport coats, um, and that was like kind of like a Fresh Prince of Bel Air situation. And then we had to wear khakis, and then it was always either Eastlands, um, uh, Timberlands, and then we Ooh. could wear Clarks. We couldn't wear sneakers, even though I was such a big like sneakerhead. Oh, even man. when I was in high school, working like Borders bookstore, making no money. Yeah. Still buying like a pair of borders. Like R.I.P. Borders. Oh, R.I.P. Borders. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, um, book education. Yes. And coffee shops. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, got, I I actually look back on it now thinking like, oh, it's good that I, I didn't have to compete back then because now I feel so I feel the the duress and the responsibility right. to compete um, sartorially. <laughs> it's so fucked. How do we, we fix that? We can't. We can now. Like I think, I think to kids now that and they have Instagram and you could be insta famous and you're yeah. like 13. It's like oh gosh, that's like a new level of popularity games, you know? Oh, so hard. So yeah, but basically, I mean, so and then you know, going through high school, like having all of that, it was great. Just learning about different cultures. I got to meet someone from North Korea, which was amazing. And wow. like, yeah, like I don't think you know. I mean, maybe that's that'll a, that's happen an again. Experience. You know what I mean? So it's just like. Things like that do really shape how you view the world because you really just end up seeing everyone really being the same. And like we're all going through our own like shit. We're all doing our own thing. We're all trying to fit in in some way, shape or form. We all have like what we like and what we don't like. And that's just shapes us. It doesn't really matter where we're from. So, you know, going then to college, I actually did spend a year in Canada because I, I was done with New York and like needed to break away. And I a lot of my friends were A lot of leaving. New York kids are done with New York and then right? they go somewhere else. And then if they come back, it's, you know, they don't always come back. Right. Yeah. Like, I think you just kind of wake up and just think like, OK, you know what? You've seen it all. You've done it all. You've hit all the parties. You've done all the raves in Brooklyn. Like, yeah. What else can you kind of do? And so but when I left and went to Canada, I just realized like, wow, like. Okay, Canada is freezing cold. <laughs> Where in Canada and, uh, were you? I was in Ottawa. Ooh. So like it's the capital, so it's kinda like DC yeah. here, but yeah, not as fun. Why did and you go to Ottawa? What was in Ottawa? So um Carlton University, shout out the gang, shout out East African students and club. And um I got a full ride. They were oh, like, wow. Yeah, like we want people like you. Like you seem cool. So I was like, Okay, this is like one of the only schools that's like giving me this opportunity. So let that's me dope. yeah, let me just go and ride it out. But yeah, it was not. It was not what I expected. And I actually became like the complaining New Yorker and would just talk about how, oh, New York, I could get this. In New York, I could get that. And all What's my the party scene like time, in Ottawa? Oh, my gosh. Think of just so that experience actually made me realize like how vast like 
Africa is, which I know sounds super crazy being that I am from Kenya and I should know that. Yeah. But it, I just, it didn't really hit me until I met, you know, kids from Burundi and like, you know, Cote d'Ivoire and even North Africa and like just dealing with all the distinct like differences of like the Arab kids yes. who are like driving a Ferrari. So I would love to talk about that yeah. a little bit. So um, you talk about being uh, from both East and West Africa or having that yeah. element within your heritage. Like, what are the differences there? Are there any, what are the nuances oh. that you can speak to? So first things first, just like culturally, like there's a big, like I would say East Africans are a lot more conservative than okay. like West Africans. And so like in, Why is that? I mean, I think it's just also just, they have a huge diaspora and like being, you know, in East Africa, like there's not, or at least for Kenya specifically and Ghana specifically, like the relationship in America with like Ghanaians, because like there's direct links to like the slave trade, there's kind of this like, I mean, now there's a push of the return, the year of the return, but also just like there's, you know, you could easily fly to Accra from like Atlanta and that's like a, I think a 10 hour flight versus like to get to Kenya from New York, it's like you got to go through Europe and right. then connect and then all that. So there's already it's that. It's a different thing. Yeah, it's a different thing. And so, but I think the, the conservativeness just come, conservativeness comes from the fact that like, religion plays a huge part in well in both cultures but specifically in kenya like it's really drilled in school and mm. in the government and like how we just move yeah you know and i i think the beauty is that both um cultures really know how to coexist like especially and this is how i relate to like a lot of my nigerian friends because like they have i mean a population i think close to 300 million and like in the north it's muslim oriented whereas in the south it's more like christian non-denominational mm -hmm. but like all cultures kind of coexist in the same way that in kenya it's the same sort of thing like there's a huge like somali and like ethiopian um community in yeah. kenya and like you know when they have their holidays like we're breaking bread with them like right. when we are celebrating easter like they want to come and like roast some chicken with us too you know so yeah. it's not like there was never this separation like it was just more like okay what are your best skill sets and like what can you bring what do you know what do you have and like let's all like share together so yeah. I think that's kind of like where we coexist and where like both cultures resonate with each other. But also it's just too like I feel like if you meet like and I, I'm sure that you've met some Nigerians where it's just like their personalities are always just big and like yeah. they're always just oh, like yeah. in the you know what I mean? Like in the zone, like they know like they get the job done. Whereas like yep. Kenyans are kind of a little bit more reserved and like, you know, they want to play like the background role and like, you know, they're not really into this and like, okay, no, let's just like go relax. We have a huge coastline in um, the south of Kenya in a town called called Mombasa. Uh -huh. So there's just this huge like, okay, let's go relax. Like, let's go chill. Like, I feel like I would relate it to like Los Angeles and New York. Like mm. people from LA, like you want to go to the beach, you yep. want to chill out, you want to hang out. That's like Kenya. That's Got like it. the vibe. Whereas Nigerians are like New York, like, okay, let's get it done. Hustle, hustle, hustle. <laughs> Lagos is like that crazy. Makes so much sense. You now, know? Yeah. Like that's literally that's how I describe it. Like it's just like East Coast, West Coast, literally. Where are the where are the biggest uh communities of uh Africans here in the States? Like like when when immigration happens, mm. where do those communities tend to settle around here? I know for Filipinos, it's like uh, Jersey City. Really? Yeah, Queens <laughs> um, out here. Uh, let's see, uh, the Bay, like San Francisco yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, Vegas, Chicago. Oh, 
that's interesting. You know, yeah, like those, those tend to be like the bigger pockets and, yeah. and, and over in Texas. Yeah, you know? so I was going to say definitely the South. Yeah. For like all Africans in yep. general, yep. definitely Texas. I mm-hmm. don't know why, but I think it's just like a space thing. Like they are able to like invest in their houses and like do the grilling and the barbecuing. We have this <laughs> like national dish in Kenya called Nyama Choma, which is basically like braised meat. Mm. Um, I think that in that Filipino so culture, it, you guys might have the similar thing, but it's just basically like Probably. braised, like not minimal seasoning, <clears throat> just a little bit of salt, things like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, so Texas is a big part, but then also like um, Minnesota too, like randomly. Um, And even like recently, um, Ilham, uh, I forget her last name, but she was just appointed like the first female Muslim um, senator of Minnesota. And it just speaks to how large like the East African, especially the Somali, Kenyan, yeah, community is there. Um, and then randomly Jersey too, but Newark, Newark, New Jersey. Oh, that like, makes a lot of sense. Actually. You know, yeah, yeah, like it'll be there or Texas or right. so. Like for our Independence Day parties, which usually happen in December. Right. Like if you're not in Kenya, you should probably go to the south because like that <laughs> that'll be like the closest to quote unquote home that you'll get. You know, shout out to Newark, New Jersey. Shout out, yeah. man. former home of the Naughty Store. <laughs> yeah, and also it's actually the home of the Video Music Awards this year, which is kind of interesting. Really? Yeah, it's oh, prudential. Oh, wow. I know, it's kind of wild. Um, so, okay, so you speak a lot about mm-hmm. uh, being a third culture kid. Yes. What does that mean to you? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, so it's funny. I found this term, I think, just doing my research in college because I wanted to study. So basically my my final dissertation was just on like youth culture and mm-hmm. how specifically in Kenya, now we have this app called M-Pesa that you can send money um, mobily. So you don't need to have internet on your phone. It's not Mm. an app. Like you can text to um, receive money between two people. Yeah, it was um, invented by um, one, I believe... Uh, Kenyan gentleman and really? two students from MIT. Is that meant to be an everyday commerce type of thing? Yeah. Or is it meant to be like a send money home thing? No, it's meant to be an everyday commerce thing to the point. So that technology was purchased by like the AT&T equivalent in Kenya called Safaricom and like has just, you know, changed the way that young people especially do business because wow. now you can like, um, you can run your business from your home. You don't need to have like a car or any like, you know, you, like all of your funds can just come through your phone. Yeah. And because everyone has access to either a smartphone now or, a, you know, just a flip phone, you sure. know. And so anyone from like people who live in like rural parts of Kenya. Oh, so it unifies to, yeah, any uni- type of phone. Any type of phone. That's it interesting. It doesn't matter. And so what that did in like the past, because it was launched, I believe, in 2009. And so me going back in like 2016 just looking at how so many people under 25 like have businesses whether they're like doing like logos or Mm. like just designing like for different cars and then like because our internet is so great like we're able to then like do so much you know and so the beauty from that I just realized like okay like I was able to like be in that culture and be in that space and speak the language and like fit in so well but then also like you know, be in New York and like 
have my friends here and like be able to be in Queens and be in Brooklyn. And right. like, as I was doing my research, like I wanted to see if there's a term for like what I'm able to do. And yeah. so through that, that's how I kind of just found this like third culture kid experience. Like some kid actually from NYU, shout out to him, made a whole movie on it, but him being um, from Singapore originally, but having his family, I believe from China and then growing up in the U S and like mm-hmm. what that meant just cause like he never had like a fully Chinese experience That's and so, so it's like a different type of otherness exactly you know because you and then also you know because we're humans like we look we look first to see like who you are so a lot of people assume that he's Chinese and will speak to him yeah. in Mandarin yeah. and like you know he doesn't really speak Mandarin so it's just like that disconnect that happens sometimes and it's like I truly related to that because of course like there were moments where like people would make fun of my Kenyan or my American accent when I'm speaking Swahili Mm. and so it would just be like okay how do we navigate this like will we ever fit in and it's like (laughs) probably not probably not but the beauty is that we have exactly exactly and I think that's why and I think third culture kid movement and like group is growing so much because people are changing so many people have left america now because of what's going on yeah so many people are like learning more about different cultures and like wanting to go there and experiencing it and then just end up staying there and having lived there for like will be now five six ten years yeah you know so what does that look like from like an immigration landscape but also just from like an interpersonal landscape too you know like just because you may look a certain way doesn't mean that you may not understand it. And I think the beauty is that um, I saw this TED talk by this author named um, Taye, um, I can't get her last name. I'm going to send it to you so you can put it in the show notes. Gotcha. But she is always big on don't ask me where I'm from, ask me where I'm local to Mm. because that is really what defines who you are, you know? Like where you're local to, where you've really spent most of your formative formative years where you where your friends were around yeah. you you know like who shaped who you are and i think that's much more important now than like where you quote unquote are from yeah what do you think the next couple of generations like post-immigration i mean it will always be like in a state of immigration i right. feel but then post like this current mindset is like when we are all theoretically more even more ingrained in a melting pot because i think even 15, 20 years ago, we thought Melting Pot, like just the sheer novelty within New York of having so many different types of people live together was like, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. But then now the melting pot's obviously shifted where there is like the the multiculturalism or like the level of nuance within mm-hmm. the multiculturalism landscape, <laughs> multiculturalist landscape. I don't even, wow, making up new right, terms. right. It's like, like we're making up new terms every day. Yeah. We're making up like new like contexts every day. Like what what is truly next like i think i think during the obama years yeah right, I, I i have this metaphor that i work with sometimes when i when i talk to people it's about the tower of babel mm-hmm. and then I, uh shout out to uh barack the goat right so forever like, yeah exactly forever my president <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally um i'm uh you me and uh young jeezy yeah so, <laughs> so uh when he was in uh when he was a president it felt like we were all gearing up to go to outer space but in the best way right like we we're all just like yo we're on the spaceship we're doing it we're doing it we're like we're we've headed succeeded to space. Ex- like exactly just 
fire. Yeah, ex- totally. Like, yeah, this momentum's never going to stop. Right. And then Trump, obviously, <laughs> fucks it all up. Skirt, skirt, right? Just <laughs> like, know. skirt, skirt, yeah, in like totally. the worst way. <laughs> totally. It's like, um, you ever go ice skating and then some asshole just like does a quick stop oh, and just like sprays like ice in your face? It's like Literally. that. Literally. Yeah. That was a best, best, best. Yeah. So best explanation. Like hard stop and just eh, just like, like uh, 80s uh, high school kid bullying, right? So, um, so obviously now where the, it's different, but at least we, there's a reclaiming of, um, our indigenous selves. And then, you know, we're, it's like, we're, we're digging up, um, what, what made us or the genesis of ourselves as individuals and as our, Mm -hmm. our communities back home. Mm -hmm. And they were carrying that past into now. Cause I do think that during the Obama years, we all kind of were, we were a little more, we weren't so cognizant of that. We and we were. were just like, well, this is what it is now. Let's think about the future. Right. But at least we're respecting the past more. Completely. No, and I think you touch on so many valuable things. I think that we kind of took for granted, actually, yeah. you know, having our goat in the office, you know? Right. Like, I think that <laughs> I we... Want buy, I want to name a goat. <laughs> right. Obama. Right. <laughs> so I think that we... we did take it for granted in the sense that we didn't realize like how much policy could have been, you know, created so that like things stay like that, you know, or like even just having, um, you know, more programs developed to like really help, you know, immigrants and people, you know, Um, because like because of the 180 that we've made. I mean, what the way that I feel is this. I do think that, yes, there are are a lot of terms that are coming up and like there are a lot of people who are you know searching for like their true like background and identity but I think what it's going to reveal is that actually we're more similar than we really really Mm -hmm. realize and Mm -hmm. like we need to actually recognize that by you denying somebody else an opportunity is actually denying yourself an opportunity and that by you like trying to limit and like keep things closed or keep things the way they were or take things back to when they were whatever yeah it's actually limiting your own progress and by you and it's happening actually in all western you know cultures like if we think even to the uk like and if we think back to the history like they colonized us all so it's like of course now you would be having this quote-unquote issue but at the same time i believe that it's just the up forwarding and like just the uprooting of any sort of negativity that was trying to block what immigrants are trying to do and like at the same time it's like just recognizing that our power comes in all of us being connected and joined and like seeing understanding the differences and like respecting the differences and not appropriating them but actually like giving that power to someone else and like empowering them right i think that's what we really need to recognize because they're are so many groups like I mean let's speak specifically to like the tariffs that um, our administration is trying to bring on Mexico like there are so many things that are imported from this country that we use on a daily basis and like hate to be so basic but just like avocados you know like are we really trying to make avocados like six seven dollars right. per but pound but every president bullies mexico i know and it's fucked you up. know it's it's unnecessary it too. Is unnecessary. you know and so it's just and i think it's not but it's not recognizing like the power that that one country has over another yes, you know what i mean yes. and i mean of course like politics will always have its issues there'll always be ups and downs but i think the beauty is that like on a 
like on the individual level on like us as a whole us as a people like we're recognizing and at least like my peers and all around me are recognizing like it's so much more fun when we just see a room that's just filled with different sorts of people like the yeah. conversation is just better Way more exciting it's so much more exciting you know what i mean and like the stories that you get to hear and experience the food you get to try like i am i personally am just so excited to just see like like i as much as the politics do affect everyday life mm-hmm. i'm just so much more interested on in how like the people and how we are going to now like take this forward because we all know that we never have uh like of course our votes matter and like politicians are always going to be doing like they have their own agenda once they get in but at the same time it's like up to us to really like deny or allow certain things you know like the the quote-unquote muslim ban so many judges like stopped that on a federal level i believe like in certain like in new york state specifically because of like the the movements that were happening by us like people going to JFK and literally stopping traffic. Yeah. You know, like that starts with us. So I think we're just reclaiming that power. You know, we're reclaiming our time yeah. and we're reclaiming that power. So I think the beauty reclaiming is Reclaiming our time. Yeah. Reclaiming our power. We're reclaiming yeah. our time and our power. And I think it's just understanding that like they never- Writing that down. <laughs> right? They never had, they never had our power. You know, they never had our power and they never will have our power. Oh, that's so interesting. So, yeah, yeah the denial of the yeah. oppressor, like that they don't get to take that. They can't, they can't. And I think it's now we're recognizing, and I think that's also the beauty, if we're being very honest, of having, you know, America and its democracy as much as, you know, people may complain and like when you're watching the news now it seems like there's always something to be quote unquote worried about yeah but at the same time there's so that's many that's been true checks. for so long though yeah and there's so but there's so many checks and balances like you in other countries like if there was a quote unquote trump like things oh, yeah. would have been left like oh, yeah, a yeah, long yeah. time ago because yeah. there's no sorts of checks and balance to right. like where I like if I speak to Kenya specifically like there's no like if the president wants something done and like it's really adamant on it and like gets an unquote a, a, a number of politicians and like people in parliament to agree with him like yeah. it's gonna happen you know what it'll, I mean happen, yeah. it's gonna happen like there's no like yes a judge can kind of stop it but it'll be in talks but it's not gonna nothing was gonna stop it right. but here like yes a Muslim ban was put in place but like judges literally that evening were like no no like, we can not allow these it. yeah we're not doing it you yeah. know and it's like where else can that happen you know like yeah. there's a beauty in that and i think that That's sometimes true. like we can't let yes all of the policies that are being said and the things that are being spewed out really like let us forget that there are checks and balances and like yeah. there are people in the office too who are working and who understand like what the people are going through cuz they were in our position as well so yeah reclaiming our time Reclaiming our power. <laughs> uh, what do you do to recharge? How do you Ooh, how do you how do you uh, refill refill the that's bucket? That's a good question. Honestly, just like meditation. Like I'm a big like spiritual person. Mm. I definitely believe in like all of the affirmations and like you know thoughts become things. All yeah. that good stuff. But um, yeah, just sitting sitting with some good music. Like, I'm a big music to the point that, like, you know, started learning how to DJ, trying to get in that space just because it's 
music I think is like an, another form of like a spiritual language that all yeah. of us understand you know like if you have a good rhythm you have a good beat like any it doesn't even matter doesn't matter if it's in Tagalog and Kiswahili like you're right. gonna love it you know yeah. and so I um yeah so just listening to a good Spotify playlist and <laughs> can you recommend any for our listeners yes I would say the so there's there's one called creamy, creamy. um yeah and then I'm also like on the chill lo-fi study beats that I know it's so specific but it's like <laughs> the best if you just want something that's like not gonna take your mind off of it and yeah. then also the, more meditative yeah more meditative <clears throat> but then also just for you know if you're trying to learn more about like Afrobeats and like that growing space like yeah. the African Heat playlist on Spotify the African Heat playlist yeah that sounds like, so dope it's it's honestly the best shout out to Tunde um, he like curates all of like the Afro um, playlists on Spotify and it's yeah they're really great and then yeah I I have one as well you can see it on my website equa.pm but it's more so linked to like Kenyan music so if you're ever interested in just learn, hearing more about East African sounds because that's something that recharges me as well you know just sounds from home but nice. yeah what about you how do oh, we'll you do recharge I don't know for me you don't I don't even know anymore <laughs> uh I, uh, my energy is always either at the oh, very top no. or at the very bottom. But I've actually, well, I mean, I don't know how old you are. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm 38. This, I feel like every time I record this podcast now, I have to say that I'm 38. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was funny. So side note, when we first met, there was a gentleman who was with us who was like, oh, you're, you know, you must be like 26. And you were like, no, I'm actually 38. I think oh, he was kind of yeah. shocked. He was just like, I don't know how to recover from this. And he was just like, <laughs> Babies, no, babies, and oh, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Peter. yeah, Peter, Peter. Peter. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was like, so I don't know funny. if that's a good recovery, but you know, no. we're just gonna go with it. Oh, and maybe no, no, you know no. him, okay? I would. Well, I was. I'm always uh, flattered. <laughs> When people think I'm younger than I am. Yeah. And I'm I'm just like, oh, thank God that the moneymaker is like right. ho- holding it, it down. Good. It looks exactly. good. Yes. Um, yeah. Just like, you know, just I just take care of myself with mm-hmm. essential that oils. Kills. Yeah. You know, exactly. oil. Shout out to Harry right. Shavers. Hey. I've uh, influenced from them before. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, for me, my recharge is <laughs> the basics of sleep. Um uh, I I mean I like to That's work. A good meditation. Yeah, you know, I sometimes. like to exactly, <laughs> like the lowest of it. Yeah, the base level. Um, I also like to work out, and then I wake up early in the morning um, to do something creative, and then go to the gym. But that's not so much a meditation or a refill. It's more of a like how do I prepare uh, properly ramp up. So I'll run to the gym. I live in in uh, Bushwick, and I'll Shout run out. to Richie's gym. Um, over uh, by Bed-Stuy. Love it. And uh, that's because I feel that I need to literally dodge traffic in the morning to prepare myself for the onslaught of the day. Right. And then it's really about uh, mediating or making sure that my levels are good and I'm not, I don't redline. Because when I redline, it gets a little intense. Okay. But then when I'm not in it, I just take it all the way back down. So like right now I'm obviously in an energy space. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm up here, but then um you know come later tonight. Oh, I, I might party tonight. But then but one, <laughs> Saturday, why not? Yeah, exactly. It is Saturday for the listener. It's not like right, a Wednesday. Right. But let's say it is a <laughs> right. Wednesday. That's still I'll no judgment. You know down. what? <clears throat> Listen, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's it's 
for me, recharge is about the um, staying close to my my creative self because that is part of the recharge. That's also a bit of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very much a free flow person. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Very fluid. I love it. I think, and the importance of that too is just like you know, because as you said, like you don't know like the onslaught of what the day may bring and yeah. like, you know and also just being a New Yorker living in New York how many years have you lived in New York? I'm from New Jersey originally oh yes you said that yes yeah, um, but I've been living in New York for about 10 years yeah um, on and off because I spent a couple of years in Portland, Oregon um, shout yes. out to PDX right uh, and uh, yeah I've been mostly in Brooklyn yeah. mostly in Bushwick so I feel like because of that I mean okay you would be considered a New Yorker I'm gonna sure. consider you a New Yorker you Thank know you. there's a little that. bit of like a sense of but like with that comes the baggage of like you know the PTSD of yeah. it you know and like just little things like recently there was like that helicopter crash and like oh, you know yeah. what I mean that like, was a couple of blocks from my building oh whoa you know what I mean so it's just like Little stuff like that. You see smoke coming from a building. It's like, whoa. Yeah. What? Like high up. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. there's just like little, little minute things where it's just like, yeah, you don't know. You don't know. What's going to happen. So you got to take care of your mind. And like, that's the only thing that we have really. Right. But that also you know? kind of, uh, you know, kind of desensitizes you to stuff. Because then you'll you'll walk through, walk by some crazy shit. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, and I'll be like, oh, okay, wow, that's wild. I got, got shit to do right, right now. Right, right. Or like, I'll see on Twitter just like, you know, argue, like craziest arguments happening on the train, but people are just yeah. like on their phones. Like, I know. You're looking around, like not even looking up kind of like when it gets a little bit too much, like too loud, but like we just <laughs> don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember yeah. one time I was by Penn Station mm-hmm. and it, it was, uh, it was um, after work. So it was like 530. There's like a ton of people on the street, mm-hmm. rush hour. And then um, some bike, the, uh, a guy on a bike um, misses a light or vice versa. Or like maybe the guy that actually ended up hitting the guy. So <laughs> a car probably misses a light. I'll blame another car. Yeah. It's a van. Uh, oh drags the bike and the guy's on the bike <gasps> and, then, and then drags him like maybe 20 feet but he stopped short but then he still of course the car's still going yeah but then uh we're all watching this because we're all standing at the crosswalk like waiting for it to change and we're like holy shit we just saw that and then miraculously the bike guy the uh, bicyclist bicycler he gets up and then gets his bike out from under the thing and then you can tell the driver's shocked. The driver's like, holy fucking shit, I just killed a guy. <laughs> right? But then the, the guy gets up, walks away, just like flips flips off the, the driver, driver. Even though his bike is fucked up. And then the light turns green and we all just like walk past the car. like, <laughs> And then we all just like shame the, the driver. The We're just like, wow, this guy's a fucking asshole, right? <laughs> This guy sucks. But, like, but, nobody's, like, checking in on this cyclist. Like, we're all just like, so you know, listen. Away. Oh, he walked away? Yeah, so he was he was also over it. Everyone was over it except for the driver. I'm so done. Yeah. That's, like, for all the non-New Yorkers listening, that's just New York. Like, just you'll New York. just see the craziest things, but you just won't say anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. I want to know something. So, randomly. Yes. Like, what are, like, if you're missing home you're missing family yeah. like do you ever cook your own traditional foods and do they Ooh. come out as good 
I am a, well, my fiance <laughs> well. will tell you, she'll be the first to tell you that I'm a terrible cook. Oh, okay. I'm complete garbage. I'll be the first person to admit it. Okay. When she first met so me. we're not trying your, mm, that is, when you bring it to <laughs> no. the barbecue, it's like, oh, he no, made no, it? No, no, oh, no. Okay. A gag I like to do is like, sometimes I'll just tr- buy like a stack of pies from a stop and shop and I'll bring that to a party. I'm like, yo, I, I bought food. I got a shit ton of Pie. grocery store pies. Y'all like this, right? Um, no, but when when she first met me, I had the most bachelor fridge ever. Oh, it was, it was just, empty. It was just tuna, bread, and ketchup. <laughs> I would actually take white rice, uh, cook it in the microwave. Terrible. And then Ooh. I would put mix it with teach. Ek was uh, giving me the, the finger. finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least get the. That's the one thing. Like me and my friends, cook. like especially my Asian friends, we know when it comes to basmati rice. Mm, yes, you know but that's it the needs best to rice. be on the stove. I you know, or a rice cooker. You know. Well, I grew well in shunning college. you in auntie language. <laughs> you know, shunning insert auntie, <laughs> insert auntie pun. You know, insert. Oh mm, my god. Oh my god. You just threw so much auntie shit at me. It was amazing. Uh, Like auntie side eye. For real. Well, I kind of, after in college, I got really big into fitness culture and working out. And I really wanted to be a bodybuilder at the time. And I was like, I was almost 200 pounds and I'm 5'6". Right now I'm like 5'155 and I was probably operating like 180, 190. Okay. And, um, like you know, when you're in that mind space, yeah. and a lot of like like body shit too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you're, I'm thinking like if I could eat dog shit and that would <laughs> literally get me physically larger and fitter, I would eat dog shit. Oh, my taste my. buds are are just complete like they they're vestigial organs Ooh, to me. Wow, you know what I mean? Wow. Pure utilitarian. But now I'm trying to enjoy my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do when mom comes to visit, um, or mom or dad? They don't come to visit. <laughs> they make me visit they them. They know. They know. Yeah. They know you. Also, they've learned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I visit them because oh, they still okay. live in Jersey. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and my parents are a little bit older. Okay. So, it, it comforts them for for me to go home to them and they take care of me. Okay, good. And then um, they don't they don't rarely so make it sla- out to Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, like yeah, they're just like, oh, he's going through the fridge. Good, good, good. <laughs> He's eating our leftovers. Oh, thank God. Oh, at least he's eating, you know, <laughs> know. not from the bodybuilder days. I bet mom yeah. was so worried then. Like, are you okay? Are you sure? Now How my mom calls me it? skinny. Really? My mom's just like, oh, you've lost so much weight. And I don't think I'm skinny. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah. You're like, I feel yeah, very fit. Exactly. You look like a fit guy. Yeah. My mom's just like, I was like, oh, Rich, like, oh, you've lost so much weight. Are you okay? <laughs> But I, I just think naturally too, like my face is just a little bit more gaunt yeah. just because I'm older. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, but you sound like an amazing cook. And I know a lot of your episodes are about food and food centric. Right. Yeah, they really are. And I think it's just because like, because vast, how vast yeah. African food is. And yeah. like most recently, um, you know, I had a girl who is really just keen on, because one thing about like at least all of, African cultures that we're very um, like it's always orally you know we have a yes. lot of oral folklore we have things yes. that are like told from generation to generation but like unfortunately that sometimes gets lost mm. when you know a person dies or and especially like recipes you know yeah. and so she's Erasure. really keen yeah so she's really keen on like documenting and like digitizing 
um, African uh, recipes. That's and so, so cool. That was really interesting for me because I feel like a lot of the food, sometimes it's like, you know, you go to a spe- specific auntie because you know she makes like a dish really well. So we have a lot of rice dishes in um, African culture. And I'm sure you probably heard of like the jollof rice, which oh, is yeah. like Nigerian and Ghanaian yes. too. And like, there's always wars on like whose one is better. <laughs> even though I don't even like Ghanaian jollof, if we're being very honest. I like the Senegalese one. Oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> so, anyway, oh, Senegalese shocker. jollof is like where it's popping. Yeah, I feel like they're like the original creators Got of it. like jollof rice. But then on the flip side, because I am also Kenyan, like, Pilau is like our whole other like rice dish. It's like basmati rice, but it's seasoned with like cinnamon and like Mm. cumin and all this stuff. Don't worry. Like we're going to make, yeah, you have to come to an African restaurant. We're going to go. I'm totally down. Experience Let's it. go. I'll take you to a Filipino and, one. Right? We'll do this whole exchange. Yo, like, that'd be dope. I would be, that would be awesome. Okay. Shout out. Shout First out. Burden fam, like, let us know. Hi, like, they should give you a list of restaurants. Yeah, we should. We should. Okay. Anyways, we're going to make oh, it a thing. I'm so down. So. I'll, I'll, I'll get you some uh, Spam Basubi. <laughs> and I've had, I feel like you guys make these rice dumplings. Mm. Is What is that called? I have no idea. Okay, but. <laughs> <laughs> Cause my, I remember my I, I gave the friend, affirming, right? Like, no, that was yeah. a lie. <laughs> <laughs> if you're ever I in a meeting just, with me I, at work and then I, I give that, mm, it's, like, it's probably it's I'm gone off. Probably it's, full of shit, right? It's like okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I know. Wow. So <laughs> that's a pro tip. So yeah, no, but so I just I think that food is its own language. Yes. Like you know, the moment you can like make someone's original like dish from right. their country because a lot oh, is of there, is the rice thing you're talking about like what's wrapped in the leaf yes oh it's oh sticky rice sticky rice oh, God, yeah yeah for, but you guys like put like you guys put egg in it sometimes yeah we put yeah we put a lot of stuff in it oh okay yeah because it's like a base uh, it, it, it's a it's a base and it's like kind of like neutral ish from oh, a palate perspective yeah. with just a like hint of sweetness yeah so if you want to just like jack it up you can just throw a match in it the thing okay. that fucks me up about uh, Filipino cooking, um, like we'll make our own empanadas sometimes, oh, yes, you know what I'm saying? Yes. But then like my aunties will put raisins in it. I'm like, why are you putting raisins in this it, <laughs> delicious, this otherwise delicious Meat, food. right? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, it's the Filipino way. I'm just like, yo. Oh gosh, I know, right? I, I know. like, well, you're saving me some calories right now because I don't want to eat it. <laughs> How do you turn away food? Me? Yeah. I felt really guilty for a long time, especially because, like, you know, my parents were always like, oh, did you eat yet? Did yes. You eat yet? Constantly trying to shovel And then it's like a mouth. huge plate. I know. Well, I, I just got really good at it. And at a family thing, I do eat, uh, you know, I'll eat like two or three plates of like oh, okay. something. But then, then when when it's coming from, going back to respect politics, yeah. when it's uh, Tita, that's like, oh, uh, Richie, try my da 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 da, uh-huh. and then you know you you get the cue of yeah, like okay, yeah. so you want a little mini review now, <laughs> and you want me to you want me you to be seen to eating it. this. Yeah. yeah, I'll do it, but I I'm a little I'm a little better about saying I like know. oh I I'm, I'm trying to not do that. Thing. <laughs> I try to be very and respectful, but I sometimes feel like there's levels to this because I feel like also too like your age kind of levels it out. Whereas if <laughs> there's a younger cousin, you could be like hey. You know, yeah, exactly. Jenny, come here. Like, totally. Tita wants you to try. Yeah, she wants yeah. us to try, like us to try, but you'll just give her your yeah, plate like, and be it. like, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring like my niece out and she's 10 years yeah. old. I'm like, yo, eat that right now. <laughs> You're going to make Tita really happy. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this is just the moment of where like, 
um, I remember when I, I was so glad to turn, like, be older and, like, have my younger cousins, like, mm. move to <clears throat> New York, too. Yeah. Because then it meant, like, I could send them to do stuff. So I'd be like, okay, <laughs> send yeah. Send them to do go stuff. Go to the bodega and get eggs and or go and get me the remote or go, like, mom wants, or my mom, like, and I'll just say mom and they'll know, like, mom wants you to go get this, this, this. And it's like, they sent me, but it's like, no, because there's someone younger. I can uh, send them. And oh, that was yeah. just, like, my you have, biggest. Do you have siblings? So I don't have any siblings gotcha. but um yeah my cousins are like my extended siblings and so they were my cousin oh my gosh bless kelsey she would get so mad when i would send her to do <laughs> stuff because she knows that they sent me right but i'm just abusing the power and just right. forcing her to do it and she asked well that's it. some real immigrant stuff too. right that's like so sending immigrant. sex the sending the sending <laughs> of the messenger right, but then the passing on of the responsibility oh completely. down the road because the role it has to exist the it role does. exists. It does. Just someone else graduates into it. <laughs> Especially when younger, as younger people get born, it's like, ooh, yes. It's like, oh, perfect. Wow, I, I can do this and you can just go <laughs> off. Or it's like, okay, tell mom I'm th- at this place even though I'm here. And it's yeah. like, okay, cool. It's funny, my dad. Like, cover me. Yeah, <laughs> cover me. Yeah. Uh, my dad, when I was a kid, he was like, hey, uh, he's like, Richie, scratch my back, Richie. And I'd just be his his little uh, his little son servant of just scratching right? my dad's back like after a long day at work. I'm like, all right, dad, you good? But now he just makes his grandkids do it. I'm exactly. Like, I'm like, thank God. You see, I gotta you scratch graduated my dad's fucking it. back anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the craziest things that we had to do. Like, how do you yeah. tell your friends that? Like, if you, you were know, supposed to yeah. meet them, like, why are you late, Richie? It's like, because um, like, uh, my dad was screaming speech. at me. <laughs> I remember one time I was trying to go. This is like such a deep cut. I remember one time I was uh, after high school. I had mm-hmm. a Jetta, like a silver Jetta back in the day. Nice. And then uh, my my uh, front light was out, mm-hmm. right? And uh, a headlight was out. But I wanted to yeah. go watch. Uh, I go, wanted to go watch a movie with my friend. And then my boy, shout out to Dex, Dexter hey. Lapina, my brother out in Jersey. Um, he's in the car. And then uh, my dad comes out because he's fucking pissed at me that my my headlights out. out yeah so he comes out and then uh dex is like hey what's up tito how's it going my dad completely bypasses him but like but he's yelling through the passenger window <laughs> so <laughs> like, he's like yeah. yelling at you yeah, oh. yelling at me just like, he's like richie you fucking piece of shit asshole <laughs> you need to fucking fix that goddamn uh headlight because i'll get in trouble i'll have to pay for it and i'm like 18 years old whatever and then he's yelling through dex's ears like it like his head's a megaphone like somehow yelling through him will project his voice bigger into my ears <laughs> so dex is like in that awkward position like, <laughs> I know. do i look at you do i look at him like I how know. do i leave this like, do but I because he's back? filipino and he knows what's up yeah then i'm just like like we'll just leave that laughing but if it was like a white friend i, I would have been mortified i I remember a kid. Um, uh, shout out my boy Mike. Mm-hmm. He uh, when we were in high school, he went to Air Force school, uh, oh, Air Force wow. High. And then he didn't want to go back to school one day. His him and his dad got into a fucking sword fight in his living room, where they just had a sword sitting in the living room, and then um, his dad pulls unsheets the fucking sword and then pulls it out on Mike and I'm just like whoa whoa yeah. this is different disciplining yeah. like we use a spoon yeah, here exactly. like not I'm just like alright let's go into the kitchen now <laughs> yeah but then it's all Filipino shit you're just like oh whatever oh yeah right that's crazy that's so funny how do you like have you ever cursed in front of your parents um, I mean now it doesn't matter right? now it doesn't matter I uh, hell and damn were oh. real tough back in the day right. um, son of a bitch you know like right. sometimes I'd say 
that is more of like a yeah. intense exclamation. Yeah. But never an F bomb. Oh wow. No yeah. F bombs. Um, like yeah, it's so rare. I remember I yeah. <laughs> like even still you? now, I feel like ooh, if I say well, it doesn't matter because one time, <laughs> so funny story, my my mom was just I think just having a rough day mm-hmm. at work. So when she came back, like I had like forgotten to do something, right? And so she was just like ah. Oh, you know, sometimes I just like, and she was like, it was like she was on the verge of tears or something, but she was just like, sometimes like, you just treat me like shit. Oh, and I was wow. Like, that's such a hard thing to hear from right? your mom. I was yeah, like, that's tough. Whoa, this is a deeper level. Like, yeah. we have now, like, not even disappointed. Totally. Like, she was just so, I, I didn't even, I couldn't say anything. I was just like, this is worse than a, like, a disciplining. This is worse than yeah. a spanking. This is worse than a, any, like, I don't know real, how to. That's like, real. You know? Super real. Have you ever heard, um, you ever heard your mom cry? Like, that's, like, haunting. No, it is haunting. It's fucking haunting. It's so haunting. Yeah. And they always try to do it when they think you're asleep. Or, like, not there. And so, like, you don't want to ruin the moment for them and, like, what they're going through. But it's, like, yeah. Oh, man. I I know. Because, like, you see them as such a, you know, like a powerhouse. Yeah, they're a rock. Exactly. You know? And, like, once that... I think, for me, it was nice at least to see it happen mm-hmm. because it made me realize that she's a human being too. Yes. Cause yes. I think for a long time I had this kind of like superhero mentality mm. about my mom. And yep. like, I knew like, I didn't know that was unhealthy, but like, I think now just realizing like, you know, they are human and like they're yeah. going through their own stuff and like, America's so dip, you know what I mean? Like this was Parents a huge, yeah, such a huge leap for them. Like there's so many things that they had to probably experience like, dang, you I know, know? could you thing. handle it? Like, wow. So do you think you're going to be like your parents when you or if you'd like to have children? Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you going to like, dis- are you going to hit them? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <The> spoon? <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was growing up, I usually got, uh, I got hit with a fly swatter. Oh. I got, hit, I got hit with a fly swatter and a belt occasionally or a slipper oh, yeah, or a chinella. Yeah. Like anything right. that was immediately removable from your person. <laughs> Um, the fly swatter though was a special one because you had to get it from a place. Mm. It's like oh, I was like, oh, he's gonna go get it from the place. Oh, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Oh, was it always your dad? It was always my dad. Oh, okay. My mom was the nice one. Oh. But then my dad was the intense one. Oh. But then now my dad's a like he's like a he's a big cuddly teddy bear now. <laughs> he's like just a little emotional. So he we, we just text each other now. He's just like I love you, dad. He's like he's like oh Richie, I miss you. Oh, yeah, look he, at that. I know. You but, just gotta you had to grow into it. Exactly. Well, you know I. I realize now that anger and love and the, that emotional spectrum is uh, it's like a like a racetrack. And sometimes people run the track a little faster than others. Yes. And sometimes people spend a little more time in another part of the track. Exactly. Um, yeah. With my kids, my future kids, um, shout out to the future kids. Shout out. Um, I hope you're listening to this right now and just like, wow, my dad was dope. Um <laughs> He was dope. What it's the like, fuck oh, happened it's like to him? Embarrassing. <laughs> like, why is he telling our things? I, I know. Um, my uh, whenever mm-hmm. I have kids, yeah, I, I think my level of discipline is probably going to be uh, more respectful of their emotional state. But I, 
who knows? Um, well, who knows what the how big the the cry corner is gonna be? I know, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's funny. I thought that I was gonna be like the complete opposite of my mom. Yeah. But then my, you know, one of my older cousins, who I consider like my bigger sister, like mm-hmm. she has her baby, and like now is like you know in that phase of like you know oh, I'm gonna pow pow you and whatever. And so like some she did something wrong, and I was like oh I'm gonna pow pow, and I was like wait. Am I turning into my mom now? Like, <laughs> whoa! Like it's that was, I know, right? It's it, was, it was so quick. It happened so fast, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, yeah. I thought I was never going to be this person. I thought I was going to be like, "Okay, no, why did you do that?" You yeah. know, like, let's sit down, let's have a conversation about it. There was none of that. Like, let's I sit down, right? have a conversation. I know about it's it. like a four-year-old, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, "No, so I'm going to tell me them. what was your emotional state when, when you spilled <laughs> orange juice on the floor." <laughs> <laughs> like was it you know was something happened earlier on that made you feel like this was it your place you know like did i say something that triggered you right. like what anyways I yeah want you to feel empowered to spill things when it's appropriate to spill them oh my god i know but yeah it was so quick and i think that slowly but surely like even in terms of even just how i yeah. organize my house now yeah it's so my mom. Like it's yeah. like all the all the training, the disciplining works. <laughs> like yeah, it's true. literally, like Sundays, wake up early, clean the house, like you right. know, go to church, like do all those. Th- like right. it's just it's like a military. Like it is. she really did it. Like the, the dictator. I, 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 th- I think the regimentation helps. It, it did. It does. Yeah. And I'm slowly just turning into an old Asian guy. <laughs> like I know every day, every day my my it's back like... hurts a little bit more. Um, aches, uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, the aches man. and the pains, my, and actually, my back does get itchier way more often. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" I totally so know what my dad little... was talking about. <laughs> Everything my dad was complaining about back in the day, I'm like, "Yeah, it oh, does. It's itchy." Oh my! Like someone God. help me out. <laughs> Can I find a, a corner right now? You just got to get that little back scratcher from <laughs> Bed Bath & Beyond. I know. Or a 99 cent store because exactly. you're not going to pay full price for it. I need one. I know. I need one of those little police baton ones. So I was like, it was like, thinks it's a weapon. I was like, no, I just no, need to take care of some shit back there. <laughs> All right. So Equa, as we're winding down, yes. uh, please tell us uh, anything that's coming up. Like what, like what's popping off right now? Anything you want to put Very, forth into the world? Yes. So I am putting together a live show for Afrolit. Wow. That sounds the dope. Dates, yes. The date has yet to be finalized, mm-hmm. but um, we're coming. It's coming together for those that are based in New York. It's probably going to be here at the canal street market wow um and that's dope yeah um but yeah no you can stay shout tuned. out to listening party shout out to listening party shout out we'll do the drop together yeah <laughs> um yeah so that is like one of the biggest like well that's one of the things that i'm organizing but yeah just stay tuned to me you can follow me on social um ekua.pm and you'll see all of my updates there but yeah as of right now that's that's really it and recording more afrolit and yeah. hanging out with rich so we can eat some filipino food hell Honestly, yeah that's like that's the other biggest thing to- <laughs> where can our listeners find afrolit so they can find it anywhere where podcasts are available but especially spotify i feel mm-hmm. like that's the best listening experience um you can also listen to me on apple podcasts um we're also on google play store nice i'm on um yeah i'm now available on all 13 platforms so like if you use 
out. They're Pox. 13. Holy shit. Am I doing something They're, wrong? <laughs> I'll help you out. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Spotify is the best one though. Great. So yes, Rich, this has been a pleasure. This is Thank beautiful. you so much. Thank and you so much. This is, I know, continue to just be great. Continue to share these stories to continue to have these conversations. Like it's lit. Oh. It's Afro lit. <laughs> doesn't she have a melodious voice i hope that sounded good in your eardrums because i know that it gave me really good energy so thanks equa and also make sure that you check out afrolit her podcast but you can find this podcast at apple's podcast spotify anchor fm stitcher soundcloud wherever you get your podcast please rate us and drop a review it helps spread the good word. It really does. Go to firstgenburden.com if you want to listen to all the episodes. We're active on Instagram now, so go to f- at firstgenburden. You can find me or host, Rich2, on the social medias at rich underscore tu. There's an underscore there. Don't forget. Again, thank you to the Listening Party and Canal Street Market where this is recorded. Follow them at, at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market. Thanks to the Desjin team for their support. Ben Sounds of Music. Thank you for checking out Season 4 of First Gen Burden. We drop every Monday. See you next week. Be safe, everyone. Bye.